Hello, I'm David Osman. On behalf of the Independent Research Forum, welcome to this podcast with David Ransom, the president of HCWE & Co. Our subject for this podcast is the US economy advancing without effective monetary or fiscal policy. The Independent Research Forum promotes a wide range of the best independent research providers from around the world, both macro and micro, some stock pickers, some sector specific, some country specific, many global, all investment related. From an investment standpoint, perhaps the most important question at present is the impact of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic on the world economy, on government policies, and on global financial markets. Much depends on the outlook for the US economy. I'm therefore very pleased that we are joined today by David Ranson of HCWE, who holds a doctorate in business economics from the University of Chicago Business School. HCWE has a uniquely informative way of explaining and anticipating capital market trends and economic developments. The company is based in the USA and has a clientele of institutional investors, hedge funds and family offices across North America and Europe. Its asset allocation paradigm has demonstrated a record of success in anticipating major economic and asset market moves in both the US and elsewhere. David, welcome. Let's begin with a brief introduction to the service of HCWE and its 40-year history. It would be especially interesting to hear about the distinct way that HCWE analyzes what is happening in financial markets and the world economy. Thank you for having me on. Uh, In a nutshell, our work is macro but evidence-based. So we're not following any Keynesian logic. I've had plenty of years to determine whether the Keynesian logic fits the evidence well enough for me to be convinced. Uh, I have a Chicago background, as you mentioned, but I'm not a monetarist either for the same reasons. And we focus on prediction and the finding from all of this time spent doing the empirical work is that market prices are very predictive of the economy and of other market prices. Markets forecasting markets became a slogan many years ago for us. Our view of the economy is a classical view. What drives the economy is private capital. And the system behaves not like a lump of clay that's pushed around by policies. It behaves like a living organism that makes smart decisions on its own. Our concern in our work is to get the big picture right, and we have many times done that. This year is an example. Uh, We're among very few forecasters who foresaw from the beginning that this was not a conventional recession that we're going through, but an interruption in the economy, rather like a natural disaster intervening in the ability of the economy to operate, a a massive snowstorm, so to speak and the economy is coming back as we anticipated. Now, recently, in late August, the US Federal Reserve held the 44th Economic Policy Symposium. It was entitled Navigating the Decade Ahead, Implications for Monetary Policy. 
What is your opinion of the Fed's new consensus statement and the changes that have been made to the conduct of US monetary policy? Well, this sounds cynical, but uh, we believe the Fed's announcing a new um, rather grandiose policy is a way of admitting that the earlier attempts to control inflation have consistently failed. I don't think anything is going to change. The policy had already gone away from controlling inflation. It couldn't help but do that towards manipulating interest rates. That, I think, is the policy that will be followed. Uh, I'm a great believer in the the, uh, ineffectiveness of monetary policy. I don't think changes in either short-term rates and certainly not long-term rates are effective in either boosting growth or targeting inflation. So is the relationship between unemployment and inflation, as portrayed by the Phillips curve, a valid concept? Well, that's a very good example. Empirically, it hasn't worked for decades. But the theory is so strongly embedded in teaching that uh, lots of economists won't let it go. But the Phillips curve was already being dissed around when I was a graduate student at Chicago, and I've seen no evidence since to bring it back. How important is the value of the US dollar in determining future US inflation? Uh, I believe it's absolutely definitive in controlling future inflation. Purchasing power parity is talked about a lot, but usually purchasing power parity means people think you can forecast an exchange rate from comparing inflation rates in two different countries. The empirical evidence suggests quite the opposite, that uh, you can, by observing how the currencies move, forecast the future inflation uh, or inflation difference between two countries. And indeed, uh, over a long period of time, uh, the correlation between currency movements and inflation is so tight there's hardly room for anything else to be a contributor. So so how is the US economy responding to the COVID-19 pandemic and the government measures to support economic activity whilst tackling this coronavirus? Well, there are two sides to any economy. Uh, There's a resilient side and an unresilient side. Uh, Spending and output are responding very well. And we already have virtually a complete, something like an 80% V-shape rebound, uh, according to the latest estimates for GDP. These are not forecasts, but estimates based on incomplete, but actual hard data. And that would, uh, I believe it's moving at a pace that will, uh, is enough to put the quarter, uh, quarter four GDP back where it was a year before, in quarter four of 2019. So no net loss of GDP, uh, fourth over fourth for the economy. However, there is a non-resilient part of the economy. In fact, many non-resilient parts. There are clearly some industries that won't come back in the travel and entertainment areas, the obvious cases, probably many others that aren't so obvious. Uh, The big pieces of the economy that are not resilient include employment, the labor force, and heavy industry. And they are lagging behind in the rebound. That's because of too little competition in heavy industry and too much regulation in uh, the labor force. 
labor uh, employment. Uh, so if uh, markets cannot do their job if you regulate them too tightly. And the federal relief has stimulated debt repayment, not consumption. So I believe that the rebound that we're having in the economy is the kind of rebound that we've had many times before. It shouldn't have been su surprising to see output jump back, but employment to grow slowly, which it will do over many years yet to get back to where it was. So, so David, what are your market forecasts telling you about the economic outlook over the next 12, 18 months? One of the surprising things about the whole um, pandemic crisis is the way capital market prices were pushed off base in, early in the crisis and then as the crisis was reduced have been coming back to where they were before. We're forecasting subdued growth next year uh, but there aren't any signs that we would take seriously of any inflation in the system. I call the scenario Goldilocks minus. Goldilocks means stable inflation, stable growth, uh, no business cycle. Uh, but the minus means we're not going to grow as rapidly as we were uh, last year, for example, because the damage done by the pandemic and the pandemic shutdowns is enough to reshuffle capital in random ways and make it less able, make the economy less able to grow for the next year or two. But I, I do expect positive growth. David, in the economic barometer that you publish regularly and the emerging market selector that you publish regularly, um, you do come up with some very interesting asset allocation recommendations. And I wondered, you know, what are your main investment style recommendations at present in terms of small cap relative to large cap, high yield relative to low yield, active relative to passive? Where, where do you see the most interesting areas currently? Uh, you could say uh, I'm always in favor of passive investment uh, rather than active because we don't understand enough about how the economy works to make uh, super confident tactical decisions. But if there were a tactical decision to promote right now, it would reflect the fact that the stock market has come all the way back and there isn't very much upside left in the stock market. It will now continue next year to price slow growth. Uh, however, the junk bond market, the high yield market, has uh, also rebounded but it's climbing and has a long way to climb before it gets back to reclaim the lost territory. Part of our outlook is uh, diversification. That's always the fallback scenario. Uh, if there were some inflation in the system, we would be recommending hard assets rather than soft assets or financial assets, which include stocks and bonds. But there isn't uh, any sign of inflation in the system. Uh, there is a sign of uh, high risk or relatively high risk, not, not extreme high risk. Uh, that's a prescription for investing uh, or tilting the investment portfolio, which should be diversified anyway, toward lower risk assets. And David, with regard to the emerging market asset allocation recommendations, um, how do you see the prospects for China? China has come through the crisis extraordinarily well, uh, not because it has free markets, but probably quite the opposite, because it has a, a de economy, 
in which all the major production decisions are made at the top. It's rather like wartime, and a government in wartime is able to cope very well if it can direct resources, uh, it would not want to rely on the free market price system. But in democracies like ours, we are unable to direct the flow of resources the way some politicians would like, and free markets are the way to get by the crisis. China uh, was less vulnerable to the crisis according to the fall in its stock market early in the game, and it has come not only come back, but the stock market in China, and early data on the Chinese economy suggests it has come back all the way and is sailing ahead. So there's been a net benefit to China from this whole experience. I don't have a good explanation as to why that would be, other than the fact that the Chinese can operate on a war footing and we can't. David, uh, thank you for this most interesting and informative insight into the HCWE service. If we had more time, it would be interesting to discuss in more detail your asset allocation recommendations for the various developed economies and emerging markets that are covered by HCWE's empirical analysis of key economic and market trends. To keep up to date with HCWE's very latest views at this important time, the Independent Research Forum is offering a one-month free trial to the HCWE service. The Independent Research Forum can also provide details of how to subscribe to the full service. More information is available on request from the IRF. And thank you for listening to this IRF podcast with David Ranson, the president of HCWE.